drops the ball. Pigs have flown. Hell is frozen over. The Saints are on their way to the Super Bowl. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Twitter Tuesday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here. At Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. The Saints wrap up their cut down to an 80-man roster with their final cut coming early Monday morning. We'll talk about who the cut was and how it affects the roster. Then we'll recap all of the moves so far and what it took to get down to 80. We'll talk about the opt-outs, the signings, PUP list, and of course, review the 10 cuts as well to make sure everybody is up to date with what's going on with your New Orleans Saints and their roster. And then finally, we'll wrap up with your questions from Twitter. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. The Saints wrap up their cut down to an 80-man roster with their final cut coming Monday morning. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. So the Saints deciding on their first day of strength and conditioning to make their final trim to get down to an 80-man roster, and they do so by cutting former undrafted free agent defensive tackle Taylor Stallworth. Taylor Stallworth was with the Saints in 2018, came in again undrafted. The former University of South Carolina defensive lineman was a bit of a surprise to a lot of Saints fans, both he and JT Gray making the roster that year on the defensive side, and proved to be a pretty viable piece for the Saints, particularly in their run game, and particularly depth along the defensive line, as the defensive line for the Saints has dealt with injuries over the past two seasons. Over the two years that he spent time with New Orleans, he racked up a total of 16 total tackles, one of which for a loss, one sack, and one fumble recovery. He came back in 2019 and didn't end up making the day one roster like he did his rookie season, but did stick around on the practice squad and still received over 100 defensive snaps at different points throughout the season, bouncing back and forth from the practice squad to the active roster. So with Taylor Stallworth now being cut, that does leave a little bit of a trimmed defensive tackle room, but still a lot of options at that position. When you look at the players that simply play the position, whether they be specifically defensive interior alignment or whether they're guys that have the ability to play both on the edge and on the interior, the Saints still sit with quite a few options. David Onyemata, Malcolm Roach, and Sheldon Rankins, of course, your starters in some capacity. Margus Hunt, who was added this offseason, Big body, very tall, has the ability to play both inside and outside. Shy Tuttle, the undrafted free agent out of Tennessee, who essentially took Taylor Stallworth's roster spot early on in the day one roster when they had made the initial trim down to 53 before the week one portion of the season in which David Onyemata was actually suspended. And then Mario Edwards Jr., who the Saints signed last year, who can play inside and out. Jalen Dalton, somebody that came in on a futures contract that was with the Saints on the practice squad last year. And then Malcolm Roach out of Texas, another undrafted free agent interior defensive lineman that looks to have a lot of promise this season. Taylor Starworth becomes another one of those players that has veteran experience and has experience with the team, but was still very much a bubble veteran going into this 2020 season and in particular, this truncated training camp. And so with that, the Saints erring on the side of getting a look at their younger talent and figure out what they have in a talent they have stashed away, as opposed to sticking with more known commodities, really approaching the cut down to 80 a little bit differently than a lot of teams around the NFL. A lot of teams, as you look around, have spent most of their time trimming away undrafted free agents from either this year or last year. 
But the Saints, on their list of 10 players that they've trimmed down to get to 80, only two were undrafted free agents this season. Taylor Stallworth may not be a household name, even for some Saints fans, but still a talented, run-stopping, nose tackle that the Saints really have liked and have kept around over the last couple of seasons. He's probably the biggest surprise for me so far of all the players that have been cut on the team's endeavor to get down to 80 men on the roster. It's hard to believe that Taylor Stallworth's time with New Orleans is up. He's somebody that, because of all of his experience with the team, would be a prime practice squad candidate if another team doesn't bring him on or potentially sign him away and he doesn't find his way to another active roster. He'd be a prime candidate for a practice squad spot going into 2020, especially considering the types of injuries that this team has dealt with along the defensive line. Being able to bring somebody like Stallworth in at that practice squad capacity will allow them to have that type of safety and insurance with a commodity that they already know very well and that could slip into their system and knows their system very well himself so that they could have a little bit more of a seamless transition should they ever need to fall back on any depth along the defensive line. So Taylor Stallworth, just one of the 10 cuts that had to be made to get down to 80, as well as the other moves that happened around. We had some opt-outs, we had some players go to the physically unable to perform list, and we even had some signings. So we'll review all of those moves, everything that it's taken so far to get the Saints to where they are now, to where they're ready to go into strength and conditioning and begin their acclimation period. And we'll also talk a little bit more about when we can stop holding our breath as the NFL has finally and officially established a deadline for players to opt out. We got that coming up for you next year on Locked on Saints, your team every day. And before we recap all those roster moves, let me let you know that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. One of my favorite websites because I've been able to go and visit it and get a lot of my car issues taken care of. It's quarantine right now. People aren't driving their cars so much. So your car is just kind of sitting out there and heat does some horrible things to your car, your batteries, your gas, your oil, it, 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 your coolant. It really messes up a lot. And if you don't want to go and risk going to the store, going over to the maybe the, the brick and mortar shop right across the street or around the corner, you can have everything delivered right to your door over at rockauto.com and pay nearly half the price on some of these materials as well. They have an extensive oil collection, a great battery collection, everything that you need, and several options based upon whatever it is that you're looking for. So go ahead and check them out, rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On, the How'd You Hear About Us section. It's a family business. They've been helping people out for over 20 years online. So go and show them some love at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So with the Saints finally being down to 80 on their roster, they're now ready to begin with strength and conditioning in the acclimation period. It actually already began on Monday. So let's take a look at how the Saints got down to 80, what you need to know in terms of what the who the cuts were. We'll review the uh, the players that are on the physically unable to perform list, the opt-outs, and we'll talk a little bit more about that opt-out sort of stipulation and uh, how long that option is available to players as that's finally been set in the side letter with the NFL and NFLPA. So to start off with the overall numbers on the roster, again, 80 total players on the roster. It's 39 on offense, 37 on defense, and then four on special teams, which includes undrafted free agent punter out of Penn State, Blake Gillikin. So pretty even split, 39-37 uh, when it comes to offense and defense. And then you know, you've know you got your special teamers with uh, uh, Will Lutz, Zach Wood, and then Thomas Morstead and Blake Gillikin, who's there to give Thomas Morstead a rest every now and then. I wouldn't be surprised to see Blake Gillikin be one of those guys that ends up on a injured reserve list and stashed until next season or something like that. 
depending upon, you know, if they end up needing somebody in place of uh, Thomas Morset, whether it be for injury or what have you, wouldn't be too entirely surprised to see something like that happen. Uh, when it comes to the players that were cut, the 10 players that were released by the team, you had six on offense. Four of them were wide receivers, Krishan Hogan, Tom Lee Lewis, Maurice Harris, and Taquan Mazzell. They also released fullback Ricky Ortiz and offensive lineman Adrian McGee. That's the only undrafted free agent in the offensive group, Adrian McGee, out of LSU. On the defensive side, you had safety Chris Johnson, cornerback Dietrich Nichols from the XFL, which was just repurchased today for $15 million. The entire league was purchased for $15 million. The Saints were bought by Tom Benson in the 80s for $70.2 million for one team and now have a value of over $2.28 million. And this dude, The Rock, got together with an investment company and bought the entire XFL for $15 million. That's just wild. Absolutely wild to me. Uh, but anyway, more importantly, excuse that, excuse that tangent. But uh, defensive lineman, former undrafted free agent from 2017, Taylor, I'm sorry, for 2018, Taylor Stallworth, who was just cut on Monday, and then Gus Cumberlander, the undrafted free agent defensive lineman out of Oregon from the 2020 season here, was cut on Sunday as well. So again, out of those 10 players that were cut, only two actually undrafted free agents from this season. So a very different approach in terms of uh, what the Saints are doing and, and co as compared to what you're seeing from around the rest of the NFL, but not entirely out of the ordinary. We also saw two players that opted out and Cole Wick and Jason Vanderlaan, both of them as reserve tight ends, guys that had an opportunity to where they could have ended up on the practice squad here going into 2020 and been some valuable options for the Saints should they have suffered any injuries at that position. Certainly they could have been of value, but Cole Wick has asthma, for instance. These guys are just making making decisions that are best for themselves and best for their family. But the Saints, instead of leaving those two spots open and then just cutting eight players, ended up filling those two spots first to get back up to 90 and then cut 10 from there. So they ended up signing Nigel Bradham, uh, the linebacker formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles for the last few years. He started off with the Buffalo Bills, played a lot of Sam with Buffalo, played Sam his first season at Philly, then Jordan Hicks got hurt, and then he moved into the middle, and then has pretty much played in the middle or at the weak side uh, for the most part with Philly. So he's played all of those different linebacker positions. That's exactly what the Saints have always liked in their second level players. They want guys that can play any of those positions. So they get another in Nigel Bradham, who I think is pretty much, I mean, health, barring health issues, is pretty much a lock to make the 53-man roster at this point. That guy could be a starter at many places in the NFL. This feels very much like the Kiko Alonso trade last season to where you got a guy that could be a starter on many teams, but you're going to have him as depth on your team. So that's a pretty good look for the Saints. I'm going to do a 53-man roster projection on Wednesday's episode tomorrow. So that'll be, you know, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that. But they immediately filled back up to the 90 when Cole Wick and Jason Vanderlaan left. So they signed Nigel Bradham, that linebacker, and they also signed wide receiver Benny Fowler as well, who's a speedster, 4'3'8", uh, just over six foot. He's got pretty nice hands, very athletic guys, spent some time with the Broncos, caught a two-point conversion in the Super Bowl with the Broncos, also had a 31-yard catch, 30-some-odd-yard catch, over 30-yard catch uh, with the Broncos in that game as well. So he's somebody that has some NFL experience. Hell, he's got championship experience uh, to an extent as well, if you want to look at it that way. So then they end up, that's the way that the Saints end up getting back up to 90 in order to cut the 10 players that we named before to get them down there. 
But before they end up going into camp, they do have two players that are on the physically unable to perform list, linebacker Kiko Alonso, which we had the feeling that he might be limited coming into training camp anyway. Him starting off this ramp up period on the physically unable to perform list just kind of confirms that it's not really out of the ordinary or, or, or different than what we expected, at least here. Uh, so not not hugely disappointed by that. They will allow him to take the time that he needs before he gets back out on the field. And then Johnson Batamosi, who also dealt with an ankle injury in December after the Saints signed him in October, if I remember correctly, toward the latter half of the season. He played a few games with the Saints on special teams, was a key special teamer for them, somebody that we'll talk a little bit more about tomorrow again in the uh, 53-man roster projection. But Johnson Batamosi, also somebody that uh, started off on the physically unable to perform list. So those two guys, Kiko Alonso and Johnson Batamosi, they aren't eligible to begin practicing until they can pass their physicals. However, it doesn't, they still count against the roster. So they still count toward the 80. So when they come back and they're cleared and, you know, they pass their physicals, that doesn't mean that the Saints all of a sudden get those two guys back and then have to cut two guys elsewhere. They simply continue to count towards the now 80 man roster anyway. So they, they are accounted for. So there you go. You had two players opt out, two players signed, two players on the physically unable to perform list, and then 10 players cut. And that's how you got to 80 for the Saints. And now the big question becomes, will we see any more Saints players outside of Colwick and Jason Vanderlaan opt out? We finally have a little bit of closure toward that topic in that the NFL has made Thursday the deadline for NFL and NFLPA have made Thursday the deadline for any opt-outs. So if you're going to see anybody that's on the fence, they might might make more decisions on Wednesday, Thursday. We're certainly seeing a lot more players withdraw and opt-out than I think the NFL was prepared to see. But for the Saints and for Saints fans, once you get past Thursday outside of special provisions, health uh, health issues, or family issues, you won't see any other players opt-out. So that's the day that you're looking for. If you don't hear of any Saints opting out before then, outside of something barring, which would essentially be an emergency, uh, you won't see anybody opt out for the 2020 season. So that's how the Saints got to 80. Hopefully that's how the Saints will stay at 80, unless they, of course, go out and make a nice splash signing or something like that, which I'm sure no one would be disappointed about seeing. Of course, all of the players that were cut here, the 2020 players outside of those that had any guaranteed salaries such as I believe the small amounts that were guaranteed to both Adrian McGee and particularly Gus Cumberlander. But outside of that, the Saints save money on these cuts. So uh, everything that they've been able to do so far has just trimmed and made more room on the roster as well. So as soon as we can, I'll get you some updated salary numbers. We still need to see Nigel Bradham's contract, Benny Fowler's contract, so on and so forth. But we'll continue to update that throughout the week. Coming up next, though, we're going to get right to your questions from Twitter. It is Twitter Tuesday after all. So we got that coming up for you next year on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, Hooter Nation, wrapping up today's episode with our Twitter Tuesday segment. Love doing these. If you ever want to participate, we do these every Tuesday. All you have to do is hit me up with your questions at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. And if you didn't get a chance to be a part of Twitter Tuesday, but you still have a question, you can join the Locked on Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Locked on Saints to participate in Facebook Friday, which will come up later on this week. So let's go ahead and dive into uh, the questions from Twitter. I have some answers written down here. I want to jump into these. So I want to start off with our first question, which comes from Kev from Frisco. It's been a minute. K. Ordonez0921. How well has Marshawn Lattimore fared up against Adam Thielen as part one? And then part two, who do you say is a better defensive back, Marshawn Lattimore, Stefan Gilmore, and why? So let's start off with the first question. How has Marshawn Lattimore fared 
up against Adam Thielen. So back in 2017, when they met for the first time in week one, they matched up with one another. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, while in primary coverage against Adam Thielen, was targeted twice. He allowed catches both times for 33 yards, no touchdowns, and a first down. In a 2017 divisional game, Marshall Lattimore was tag- targeted six times in coverage on Adam Thielen, allowed four catches for 53 yards. Again, no touchdowns and two first downs. He was not targeted in primary coverage with Thielen in the week eight game in 2018, but last year in the wildcard game, targeted four times, allowed four catches for 64 yards, no touchdowns, and four first downs. So he gives up catches, he gives up yards to Adam Thielen, but he's not letting him like in the end zone a ton. So at least that's a pretty good way. So hopefully that gives you a pretty good outline of how Marshall Lattimore and Adam Thielen have matched up with one another so far. They'll get another run at it, at least one in 2020 on Christmas Day. So we'll see how he fares then. And then when it comes down to who's the better defensive back, Marshawn Lattimore or Stephon Gilmore for now, I would say Stephon Gilmore, not based on the fact that he won Defensive Player of the Year, but based on the fact that Stephon Gilmore operates and plays in an offense that suits his skill set. The Saints are still working on that for Marshawn Lattimore. I think this might be the first season where Marshawn Lattimore is going to get a full year under his belt playing in a system that's going to benefit him, that's going to lean a little bit more over to the man coverage game. So I'm excited to see that. At that point, I think you then can start to say that maybe Marshawn Lattimore cannot perform Stephon Gilmore, but because of the system that Gilmore is in, it just caters to him better. So it allows him to be the better defensive back and more consistent. That's all. Uh, Chris Winston, our good friend from over in the Tampa Bay world at TB underscore bucks underscore for life. How's Jameis doing? Look, the coaches love him, man. That, that's all I can say right now because, again, there's no actual camp happening at the moment. But look, the, the team and the, uh, and the coaches absolutely love him. So I'm so excited for him to get out on the field and actually get to do some work and put some work in. Uh, our friend Warren Holtz at Warren Holtz, Saints Mex, uh, out from Mexico. He says, hope everything's doing well. Thank you, my brother. Uh, would you think, uh, who do you think, who, excuse me, sorry, I'm failing at this. Who do you think will be ready for the Tampa Bay game? Offense or defense will carry the day? The uh, DB and MT connection, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas should be there. And I think Jerry Cook should be quickly find his rhythm. How do you feel about Sanders or Montgomery? Here's the thing. And this happened back in 2011 as well. Offenses are going to click before the defense as well. I think the offenses are going to be fine. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is going to be fine. He and Drew Brees have been working pretty much a good portion of this offseason. They've been getting work in. You know they're getting work in while they're sequestered here, uh, getting ready for week one and through camp. The the biggest thing for Montgomery is going to be, it's kind of a dual thing, right? How long does it take to carve out his role versus also potentially they carve out his role, but how long until Sean Payton really shows what his role is? So I think you give Montgomery some more time if he makes the week one roster because maybe they don't want to show their cards just yet with him because of all the different things that they'll be able to do in this offense with him. But I think everything else in terms of, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Drew Brees, like you're going to, they're, I think they're going to be fine. Just based on the evidence that we had before that in these truncated offseason situations, the offenses click faster than the defenses do. Now, this is a little bit different than 2011 because coaches have actually been able to meet and talk to the players. So maybe that helps with the defenses, but I kind of doubt it. All right, up next, we'll go to Staple here on Twitter Tuesday. Dale, Dale, Dale at LowDice504. Should we be concerned that there are no positive cases early for the Saints in terms of COVID testing? Uh, it can only get worse from here, right? I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Like, <laughs> technically, yeah, I, it can only get worse, or at best, it can stay the way that it is, right? Because there are zero tests. So, therefore, if there ends up being 
one positive test, then therefore, yes, it can only get worse, right? But the fact of the matter is that you shouldn't be concerned that there are presently no positive tests. You should be happy about that. And the thing about it is that that's what this whole sequestering idea that we talked about yesterday has been beneficial with. Drew, not Drew Brees, Gail Benson rented out an entire hotel, dropped mad bills on an entire hotel, and specifically went to a hotel that she herself didn't own, which I thought was pretty classy. <laughs> so she wasn't giving herself the money, but she rented out this entire hotel, and you know, 150 staffers, coaches, and players can stay there. So that they're traveling strictly, it's kind of like being at the Greenbrier, it's kind of a bubble in that way to where they're traveling directly from the hotel to camp and back and they're sequestering and staying away. They've created their own kind of mini bubbles. So no, I, I don't think you should be concerned that there are no tests. You should be thankful for it and hope that it stays that way, of course. And the, the Saints, I think, are taking the appropriate responses to make sure and the appropriate precautions, additional precautions. To make sure that they do keep it that way. Uh, we'll go back to Saints Mex here uh, at Warnholtz on the defense without preseason and with a limited padded practice. How will newcomers adapt? It, it's going to be tough. I mean, ever since the new CBA, the, the 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 new CBA before this one came about, when they limited padded practices and 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 full contact practices severely, big time, put limits on those. You've seen sloppy September play. You're going to see that again here, just like every other year. Uh, going into 2020. So yeah, it'll take the newcomers some time to adapt, but not probably any longer in terms of the acclimation process than what you would usually see because of how much the padded practices already have been eliminated from even the usual you know, training camp schedule. So uh, I, I think it shouldn't be too much more than what you're used to seeing. And we're down to our final two questions here. We got Andrew at Nolalati on Twitter. Are protests on airline are on airline drive warranted if Austin Carr makes the team? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, go out there and protest if you want to. Look, I think Austin Carr is perfect for this team right now in terms of the eighty man roster. Getting some of these undrafted free agents, these newcomers, as as uh, Warren Holtz was just talking about, as Franz was just talking about. You have these guys that you have this guy rather in Austin Carr that can say, "Here, hey, here's how I did it." And he can sort of train up those undrafted free agents and those younger guys. I like that about Austin Carr. I don't know that he makes the roster. And if he does, I don't know that he sticks for very long. We've seen that happen before. So we'll see what happens there. And then our final question comes from Jordan Payne at jpayne underscore on Twitter. Think Kamara and Ramchek will get extensions this year. Um, Ramchek, I don't think that there's a rush with him. He has a fifth year option next year. And with the way that all of the salary cap is going to work out that cap at $175 million. It could potentially be higher than that, but still that's around $60 million less than what the Saints are already planning to spend right now in 2021. Certainly, they have some easy ways to knock all that money down, but part of that is going to be extending those out of those fifth-year options, but I don't think you have to hurry to do that. So I don't think there's any hurry to do that. And in Alvin Kamara's case, I can't imagine that Alvin Kamara and his agent are in a hurry to get any type of an extension done at this point, because this is where his value is at its lowest, because you're coming off of a lower 2019, you're coming off a down 2019, you're coming off of injuries. Any contract that you sign right now isn't going to have a huge boost to your current salary. It's not going to have a big boost in terms of what you can make in 2021, because of what the limits are with that salary. It's not really going to kick in full-on contract money-wise until 2022, and you're not going to be guaranteed for injury for that long as a running back. So there's no real rush, I would imagine, for Alvin Kamara and his uh, and his agent to get the deal done. But certainly, look, if the Saints 
if the Saints want to get them done, they'll get them done and they'll get them done as soon as possible. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see them roll over as much money as they can from this year and unspent salary to help them knock down their salary cap for next season. But I could see it totally going either way for sure. But there's there's certainly logic in either approach. All right, Huda Nation, before we wrap up here today, just one shout out to Jake Madison over at Locked on Pelicans. Go ahead and check him out wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. The Pelicans get their first bubble win knocking off the Memphis Grizzlies. That's a big win for them. So go ahead and check them out so you can keep up with everything going on with your New Orleans Pelicans at Locked on Pelicans, wherever you get your podcasts from. That's going to do it for today's episode here, y'all. Tomorrow, come back. We got a big one. We're going to go through and open up the show with whatever news and notes you need to know from the Saints from the day. and then. We're going to go through a 53-man roster projection. We're going to go offense. We're going to go defense. We're going to go special teams. we got everything for you. So we'll go through all of that tomorrow. Very excited about that before we roll along, continuing through our week all the way down to Facebook Friday. I thank you so much, everybody, as always, making me a part of your day. And I thank you for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support. And for helping grow this family, this has been Locked on Saints. And trust who that nation, I'll holla at you.